and welcome to Legalish on Dash Talk X. It's your girl, Demetria L. Graves, certified family law specialist with offices in Pasadena in Beverly Hills, California. Thank you so much for joining me. So excited today. So excited today. We have a retired NFL player here to drop some nuggets of information on us today, Mr. Christopher Cash. Say hi to the people, hey, Christopher. How's it, going? how's it going, guys? Hi. Thank you so much for being with us today. And the topic of our discussion is the NFL and beyond. Because we all see the, the glory of playing in the NFL, but we never really know what happens after that and what that means for your life after you play. So, Chris, tell us who you are. Well, uh, my name is Christopher Cash, and I grew up in the I grew up in Stockton, California. That's Northern California. It's about an hour and a half from the Bay Area, uh, 30 miles from Sacramento. Grew up in uh, Stockton, California. Um, graduated with the school, uh, with the high school of Franklin High School in Stockton on the east side of town. Um, went to school at University of Southern California. Fight on. <laughs> Whatever. Um, and um, <laughs> and I got drafted. Play, played played two and a half years. At, at the University of Southern California, I got my degree in sociology and ended up getting drafted in 2002 to, to the Detroit Lions. You said 2002 you went to the Lions? Yes. Cool. How long did you play for the Lions? I played for the Lions for three years. Um, uh, I was blessed to actually play as a rookie, which is which is rare. Normally, you got to pay your dues as a rookie unless you're a top draft pick. I got drafted in sixth round. Uh, pick, I believe, pick 175 out um, in the sixth round, which is the second, either the second or third pick in the sixth round. What does that even mean? So does it matter if somebody goes in the sixth round or is there a seventh and eighth round? No, actually, there's there's only seven rounds in the NFL. You got uh, you got one. There's seven rounds, and they, I believe they have. Uh, I think there's what thirty. There's thirty two teams, mm-hmm. so each team get at least one pick of uh, in that in that particular round. So you get seven picks, unless you trade picks or or get conditional picks mm-hmm. from other teams through trades and and other things like that. Mm-hmm. So how long did you play in De- Detroit? Played in Detroit for three years, uh, and I'm playing two years for the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. And what position did you play? I played. I started corner, um, which is a defensive back. Uh, I pretty much chase. I chase wide receivers. <laughs> I, chase, I, chase, I literally chase wide receivers around the field for for sixty minutes. <laughs> Must be nice. What was the experience like to play? On a professional level, well, you know, I mean, as a young man, I'm watching. I mean, as a young boy, watching my brothers play football in high school and 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 Pop Warner, and um, watched them following following their lead, following their footsteps, behind their footsteps. Uh, I just enjoyed playing a game of football. I mean, I would I probably would play football if it wasn't no incentives to make money, make a lot of money. But unfortunately. Um, if you're pretty good in football, you get paid for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, um, it, it was amazing. I've been wanting to play football since I was a little, since I was, since I was a little young whippersnapper. <laughs> and, um, 
and I just I just enjoy the game. I enjoy the game of the the, the competition, the physicality of it, and um, I just love to compete. So that mm-hmm. was more the the main reason, and the goal was to buy my mom a home. Mm-hmm. And so, if you don't mind us asking here, how much approximately did you make each year? Well, in two thousand two. In 2002, the, the the salary, the rookie salaries were, they're a little different than they are now. Mm-hmm. Now, probably rookie salaries are now probably between four, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars a year, and it bumps up like ten, twenty thousand each year. Mm-hmm. But when I played, it was two twenty five. Mm-hmm. That was 2002. Mm-hmm. And now, right now, it's 2019, 18, 19. So I'm mm-hmm. quite sure it's least it's least four. Four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars a year, and it bumps up between ten to twenty thousand a year each year, depending on where you get drafted and all that good stuff with the signing bonuses and all that good stuff. Now, like baseball players, they have guaranteed contracts. Are your contracts guaranteed? The only thing is guaranteed in the NFL is your signing bonus. Mm-hmm. So whatever your signing bonus is, which is you know you signing about the money you get for signing the contract, mm-hmm. that's the only thing guaranteed. Once you get to the season. I mean, once you uh, once you get to the contracts, um, it depends on if you got you might have a split contract to where if you get hurt, um, you get have you get half pay for that season. So mm-hmm. depending on what's written in your contract, that's that's the stipulations that you got to deal with. So mm-hmm. so the thing in the NFL is there's no guarantee, but your signing bonus. Um, but now I've seen that uh, a guy I forgot his name. I think Kirk cut it. Kirk Cousins got a guaranteed contract. He was like the first player ever to get a guaranteed contract. Like it's guaranteed, so mm-hmm. that's that's awesome for him. But now, now did, he oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. And now he opened up the door for 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 future players to get guaranteed contracts. But he's the first mm-hmm. one. But but for the most part, only thing you get guaranteed literally is your signing bonus. Mm-hmm. Now, did you have, when you went into the NFL, did you have a vision of, okay, I'm going to play for this many years and then I'm going to go on and do X, Y, Z? Did you have a, a vision for what this looked well, like actually, or you were just excited to play? Well, actually, um, um, I always had a, I always had a plan. My goal was, uh, well, no, when I first got there, you know, when you first get there, you all, you, you, I mean, you're all excited because you, you know, you made it to the, you know, you made it to the top, um, playing with, you know, you are the you are the elite of the of the elite. Mm-hmm. So you know when I first got there, I was excited, and then I was you know, um, and then when I got there, I was like, oh, this is this is if you understand the business and understand if you just do your job, you're able to play a long time. And then it came, it actually came easy for me. So uh, my goal was to play ten years in the league, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I learned I learned very fast if you do your job if you do your job you're able to play a long time mm-hmm. but the thing that the, the the key is staying healthy mm-hmm. people people fail to realize the nfl is all about um um uh, being healthy mm-hmm. so if you're not healthy um it's hard to make it's hard to make some money but if you stay healthy mm-hmm. in the game and do things the right way then you should you'll be fine you you you'll make a pretty penny do you feel like you're supported by the teams if you're not healthy and you need time to kind of rehabilitate yourself, or is it sorry next? Well, obviously, just like any business, 
um, any business owner, any business, you always want to protect yourself. So pretty much you, you're going to protect the team. The owner's going to protect themselves no matter what. So that's why we got the NFL Players Association that helps us through the process. If you get hurt, you can get you can go get a second opinion. You can get for, uh, for, First of all, you get the opinion from the, the team doctor from the NFL, mm-hmm. but then through the uh, collective bargaining uh through the collective bargaining agreement, you're able to seek other uh, help. So you're able to get a second opinion from another doctor. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you said you played five years. So was it a surprise to you when when your professional career was ending, or how did that happen? Well, yeah. Well, actually, I, yeah, I was surprised because um, I came in, I made I made a splash, I played a lot as a rookie. Uh, Played a lot of snaps, made a lot of plays, but I got injured uh, the second, the second, and the second year, and stuff. And then um, I was able to they put me on the shelf. And then went to Atlanta, um, got signed with Atlanta in '04, and uh, played well when they when they, when they first signed me, mm-hmm. and um, got hurt, broke my arm again, and then the following year broke my arm again. So. Um, it started off, you know, really, really good, but it ended kind of bad. So, but I mean, I was able to, you know, make, you know, make enough money, uh, and, uh, build enough relationships and, uh, was able to, you know, uh, I, and I, and I graduated from SC that kind of helped too, was able to springboard me to, to, you know, take care of myself, mm-hmm. you know, do you know, relationships and having a degree. Mm-hmm. In a minute, we're going to kind of talk about that process, but, were you good with saving your money over the years that you were you were playing? Do you feel you were good with that? Um, I feel like I was. I feel like I was okay. I could have done a whole lot better, uh, but for the most part, for the money that I made, I was able to save uh, a lot of it. Um, but you know, through you know, through uh, I mean, I had to travel. I told myself I was going to travel every year, mm-hmm. not doing anything you know ridiculous, but just to see just to see the world. And stuff, and then I bought my mom. I bought some. I bought a property for my mother. That was my goal was to buy my mom a home, so I was able to do that. Was there ever a time where you felt like, okay, I might be doing a lot? Um, it might have been a couple, a couple of times, just like any other uh, young young man who don't understand financial literacy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, it's a it's, it's a lifestyle um, going to the club. Um, Getting, getting, buying bottles, mm-hmm. uh, buying excess jewelry, um, buying nice cars, uh, and buying big wheels, <laughs> rims that you plant on the cars. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just a lifestyle. I mean, everybody wants to do that at least once in their life. Mm-hmm. See, they've been seeing that since they were young. Right. So, all those are liabilities. Um, but you know, we sometimes you want to do it. You just want to do it. It makes you feel good. Right. You know. So. Okay, well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we want to talk about the transition, about what happens once you're done playing. So we will be right back. Again, this is Legalish on Dash Talk X. Can we just talk? Just try, talk about where we're going Before we get lost, let me up first Can't get what we want without knowing I've never felt like this 
got it off right, I can see it in your eyes I can tell that you wantin' more What's been on your mind, there's no reason we should hide Tell me something I ain't heard before Oh, I've been dreaming about it And it's you I'm on So stop thinking about it Can we just talk? Legalish on Dash Talk X. Today, we have retired NFL star Christopher Cash on with us, and we are talking about the NFL and beyond. What happens when your professional career in general is over and kind of starting over in life and what that looks like? So, Chris, before the break, we were yes. talking about your career ended. So then... What? What happened when you finally knew, okay, this, this is probably done? What, what was that experience like? When you hear it, when you actually watch ESPN, I can kind of relate to what some of the guys are talking about. You literally, when you've been playing this game for since you were literally eight, nine years old, and I wouldn't say that's all you know, but that's all you know, um, you, get, you get depressed. Mm-hmm. And um, I was depressed for... Just, just knowing that I had some more left in the tank, but I wasn't given the opportunity due to my injuries, mm-hmm. and I, I was depressed. So but there were some times where you know I, I, I just didn't know what to do because mm-hmm. that's all I knew. I mean, because football is structure. Right. You got meetings at a certain time. You got practice at a certain time. You got games at a certain time. So it's all structure. So once that structure is gone, sometimes you just don't know. Mm-hmm. You just, you, you just sometimes you feel lost. You just, you know, so. So uh, there was a time, you know, um, that I, I was depressed, and then I actually um, I was engaged uh, to my fiance, and then we had a child, and me having a child brought me out of my depression. Mm-hmm. So once I had my son Caleb, my oldest son Caleb, 
Um, he he kind of brought me out of my depression. I was I had my energy. I had something to live for, and and but I had to get up off my couch and literally start going to work. Mm-hmm. I gotta put food in. I gotta I put I gotta put food on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, but so before before, before you uh, had sorry to cut you off. Before you had Caleb, because I think a lot of young men go through this. Before you had Caleb, how did the depression show up in your everyday life? Well, I literally didn't really do anything. I used to watch football, uh, didn't want to do anything, didn't want to talk to nobody um, because you just feel like, you know, I retired at 27. Mm-hmm. I'm still, I'm not even 30 yet. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I said, I feel like I have at least another three, maybe four years left to play. So I'm trying to find a way. I mean, and so when the football season came, I mean, I feel like I, I, I still had something to think. So I think I was, you know, I was moody, mm-hmm. um, moody, depressed, didn't feel like talking to nobody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just bad. So. And how long did that last for you? That lasts for uh, at least at least maybe a year and a half, too. Mm-hmm. So during this time, I know you mentioned you did save money. Did you have enough money to support yourself during this time when you stopped playing? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was literally, I saved enough money where I didn't have to work for the first two years mm-hmm. and stuff. But I, I started burning through the money trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when it came to when I had my son during that time. Mm-hmm. And I had to, you know, decide to go get a job and I was trying to find my way. I, I, luckily I was blessed enough that I actually did go back to school while I was playing to get my degree. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I still didn't know what to do with it. I mean, uh, like I said, I've been playing football all my life. Mm-hmm. Nine, so I'm trying to figure out, um, where do I start? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And there's no blueprint. There's no blueprint for it. So what I did is, um, I'm a sociology major. So I went and took tests, be a uh, social, I mean, uh, uh, be a social worker mm-hmm. or you know work in the prison system mm-hmm. and stuff like that so it just it was just tough you know so I ended up, I ended up finding a job which most NFL guys do they get into selling lo- uh, selling life insurance so mm-hmm. I didn't really like that you know I don't really like selling life uh, life insurance I mean it was good it was good money mm-hmm. but it just wasn't me mm-hmm. it just wasn't me so that was that your first so, job after the NFL Yes, mm-hmm. it was selling life insurance. Yes, mm-hmm. correct. And then what did you do after that? After that, um, I literally, uh, me and my fiance broke. Uh, me and my fiance broke up. It didn't work. Um, Forever, for the whatever the case that was, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. um, it just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. So I had to reboot myself. Um, that added on to the depression as well. Mm-hmm. So I, had to, I went back home to start in California. And um, decided to find uh, just to go to work. Mm-hmm. So I went to start in California, and my and my second job I ever made, uh, second job I ever had. I was a little embarrassed. It's funny we we're talking about this. I was a little embarrassed um, because I had to go to Manpower, which is a uh, a temp agency. Mm-hmm. What you know? I, reason why I feel a little embarrassed. I mean, because not only that is I had a degree from University of Southern California. Why am I going to a temp service to find a job? Right. So it's little, it's, it's little ego, for one. Mm-hmm. Plus, I play at the highest level, two, and it, it was just it was just bad. But let I mean, me ask I you a question. So when you're done playing in the NFL, there's no transition program, no transition. Hey, try this out, or 
these are some of the careers you can consider since you played in the NFL. Is there any support? Well, well there is, but some guys don't know about it. I didn't know about it until later on. Now, mm-hmm. now I'm not speaking bad on NFL now, mm-hmm. but I know there is, but the information got to be, you got you to gotta, you gotta find the information. Right. Don't actually tell you the information when I was playing. Mm-hmm. Or I didn't know about it, mm-hmm. or nobody told me about it. But there probably was some, there probably was some information there. But I didn't know about it at the time. Things I knew, th- things I know now, I didn't know then. Right. So okay, so you go to Manpower. You go back to Stockton. You go to Manpower. I, I go to Manpower, mm-hmm. um, and I, and I get a job. I get a job at a warehouse, mm-hmm. right? And I, I get there. And stuff, and I was like a little. I literally swept. Uh, I, I literally swept the floors uh, at a warehouse for I don't know, maybe about a month or two, mm-hmm. whatever. How much did and, you earn um, at the warehouse? I, at the warehouse, probably maybe eight dollars an hour, eight, whatever the whatever the minimum was, which was depressing. I was going to say, what did that make you feel like? You were making three, four, five hundred thousand dollars a year. Now you're making eight dollars an hour. What does that feel well, like? I mean, I mean, it was it was very humbling. Mm-hmm. It was very humbling. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt God was kind of was was was, was humbling me mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Um, I know the reason now, but it, it was it was it was just listen. You know, you gotta do things the right way. And um, it was, like I said, it was, it was very humbling. Mm-hmm. And and um, I learned a lot from it. Mm-hmm. So what happened after the warehouse? So I ended up getting released from that job due to some stuff and um, I ended up being like a hallway model at an elementary school. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this from, from this was I learned my passion, what, what, what my passion was. Mm-hmm. So um, I started working at an elementary school mm-hmm. in Stockton, California, and I was working with young kids. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, able to, you know, talk to them, relate to them, tell them about life. And they kind of gravitated towards me, mm-hmm. meaning because I played professional football, got a degree, and 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 a lot of kids know who I am around around the city. Or people tell them, "Do you do you know who you're talking to around the city?" You know, you know blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So I, I met a guy named Stanley Thomas. He worked for the Stockton Peacekeepers of of Stockton. The Stockton Peacekeepers of Stockton work with at risk kids, the worst of the worst kids, from from literally from like six six years of age to 18. And uh, he came to a school because one of the couple of kids uh, from the school I was working at was on his caseload. Mm-hmm. You know, and we were talking in the hallway and, and he knew who I was and, and stuff like that. Word got around. I was back home. And uh, he's like, hey, I, I want you to come and uh, we got a part-time job open at the Stockton Peacekeepers. Why don't you come by and, you know, uh, you'll be a great addition to uh, to the team because you have a different uh, story. You're mm-hmm. not like me or not like the other guys who are on the staff. All of them are ex, uh, or ex gang bangers, ex felons, mm-hmm. been in prison. Well, you n- you never been in prison. So you had a different story. Your, your story would be different. So I went, uh, filled out the application, uh, killed my interview, and started working at uh, working for the city. Working working for the city of Stockton for the Stockton Peacekeepers. I was did, and that was just an amazing experience. Being part of the team, telling my story, mm-hmm. and um, it was just—it was just awesome. Isn't that amazing? How in some of our lowest points in life is when God reveals our next life's paths, or 
kind of the direction we need to go. That's that's impressive. Yes, you, you, sometimes you just don't know. You know, you think like you're you're in a bad place, but somehow, some way, uh, he you know he brings you out to where you know. Um, I mean, it's it was just it was just amazing how it all worked out. Everything happened for a reason. Right now, yeah. as we talk about your story and kind of what happened, and you know, you you were in some humble times. Do you feel during the time you played or otherwise, was there anything you could have done different? To kind of reshape your story. Uh, I believe in relationships. And I believe when when I was at the University of Southern California and when I was in the NFL, I didn't I didn't utilize my relationships per mm-hmm. se. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I'm I'm really a kind of person I keep I I'm I'm really a I'm kinda like a what were I looking for? I keep to myself. Mm-hmm. All right. I keep to myself a lot and I don't like and I don't let a lot of people in my circle. That I don't trust too many people. So, um, but knowing what I know now, I feel like I should have got out of my comfort zone and literally, and literally should have, should have created relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think relationships is key. I think relationships is power. I think relationships is, is worth more than money in my books. And how do you think creating those relationships would have changed the path of kind of where you are now? Um, I think it would have probably wouldn't have to go get a job at you know at Manpower or, or work in a warehouse job or mm-hmm. do some job or work a job at for a dollar if I have relationships where I can literally maybe partner with somebody uh, we go half on a wing stop or go half on on, on a pizzeria mm-hmm. or uh, be part of a company or startup company uh, a startup tech company you know because tech companies blew up in 2002 mm-hmm. I ain't know nothing about tech company. Right. 2002, 2003 was Silicon Valley at its, at its highest. So, I, but I didn't know. I didn't know. So, wow, this is all very inspiring. So, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we want to talk about how you turn things around, right? Because that's just as important as as the message you received in in your more humbling times. So, we're gonna take a break again. This is Demetria Graves on Legalish on Dash Talk X. You got me some type of way. Ain't used to feel it this way mm-hmm. I do not know what to say Yeah, yeah But I know I shouldn't think about it So I'm fucking look at your face mm-hmm. Now I wanna know how you taste mm-hmm. Usually don't give it away Yeah, yeah But you know I'm already thinking about it Right there And you're at home like that 
To Legalish on Dash Talk X. Today we are talking to Mr. Christopher Cash, who is a retired NFL player who's discussing with us the NFL and beyond, what it's like to end your career as a professional um, ball player, and what happens after. So Christopher was explaining to us that you know he had some humbling times after he played in the NFL. So Chris, tell us. How did you kind of transition outside of your depression and kind of the challenges you were experiencing after you left the NFL? Well, I think it was just me understanding the situation and then finding and finding something that I love to do other than playing ball. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I found out me helping young people, adolescents, to become better people in society mm-hmm. was 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 my passion. Okay. So that's how when I got the job when I when I was working with the peacekeepers, I decided to go play uh, I decided to literally coach high school football. Mm-hmm. And then once I realized how how the kids uh, how the kids migrated towards me and wanted to soak up all the knowledge that I gave them on and off the field. Mm-hmm. That's when I found, that's why I was like, oh, you know what? I'm in the right place. But it took me going back home and being at my lowest and then being around young people, adolescents, and seeing how they gravitated, gravitated towards me. And I was able to give them so much knowledge. And I was like, you know what? This is what I need to do, and and then my the, the the light the light bulb went on, and I just took off from there. That is very very powerful. Let me ask you: When you got into your state of depression, did you consider going to therapy or talking to someone to kind of help you transition into the next phase of your life? I mean, I considered it, but I thought about you know what you know people you know. I have so much pride and, you know, like telling my, my inner secrets to somebody else. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I would say my mother was my therapist. Mm-hmm. So she brought me through, she brought me through and my son and me just being around other, uh, uh, other, like I said, other kids, just knowing them. And they were like my peace and my serenity of just me teaching them about the game of football and the game of life and, and, and helping at risk kids and tell them there's another way other than gang other than gang violence mm-hmm. and selling drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, um you can make a difference in your society. I mean in your uh in your community. Mm-hmm. You, and there's another way. Mm-hmm. There's always another way. Now in hindsight, would you consider therapy coupled with kind of the transitions you went through? Do you think it would would have helped? 
I, I would, yes, mm-hmm. I think I, I think seeing a therapist would help. Um, it, it, you know, it, 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 it leave some of that pressure that you have. A lot, somebody, you got to talk to somebody, mm-hmm. and somebody that's that's that went to school for it and and has an expertise in it would be helpful. So I wouldn't say don't do don't do it my way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the kids, and you know, the kids kind of brought me out of my depression. But mm-hmm. if, if 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 you don't have that outlet, you gotta you gotta, you gotta, you gotta release it somehow, some way. So I'd outlet through 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 the kids. Um, some people might have an outlet through seeing a therapist. Mm-hmm. So you found your calling. You know, you're coaching the kids. So talk to us a little bit about where you are now. What are you doing now? So, um, so I've been coaching, you know, college football. Actually, I've been coaching football for the last 11 years. I started off, um, <clears throat> I literally started off from, uh, from high school ball and coached high school ball from Auburn Modern Franklin, uh, Franklin High School in Stockton. Ended up uh, coaching uh, junior college ball at uh, Riverside Community College. We did well there. I actually coached at the highest level. I did coach the corners at, uh, for the uh, Seattle Seahawks for a year. Uh, I didn't coach college ball, uh, Division One football at Florida Florida A&M University for a couple of years. And now, right now, I'm at uh, Alcorn State University coaching the safeties. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, I'm, I've been around ball, so I'm not really – I'm still around ball. I'm not literally playing it. Mm-hmm. But I'm still around the game of ball. Mm-hmm. So now, is that something you want to do long term? Well, my thing is, I want to be around my son. Um, right now, he's 11. I want to literally see him play high school, high school football uh, one day. So right now, um, like I said, I love I love being around my kids. Right now, I love coaching them up. I love giving them much knowledge and uh, much uh, uh, everything I can give them. Um, so, but uh, for me, it's all about creating uh, generational wealth and have multiple streams of income. So, what I did is, I literally decided, you know what, I wanna, I wanna give back even more. I know, I know, I know, I've been coaching kids ever since eleven years for for eleven years. Mm-hmm. I wanna get, I want, I wanna do even more. Mm-hmm. So, what I did is, I created a, a clothing brand called Cash Made Brand that coincides. Uh, fashion, fashion with financial education. Okay. Financial literacy. Mm-hmm. So how does that, do you have classes for the kids on financial literacy? How do you impart your knowledge to the children about? So, so basically this is, this is how, I, this is, this is what the brand is all about. What we do is we feel like financial, uh, we feel like, uh, Financial literacy is a big problem in our country, mm-hmm. and I wanted to have some. I wanted to create something that had longevity, not only longevity, but something that can literally uh, speaks language in all different speaks language in all different races, mm-hmm. right? Right. So I believe I believe money is is is, is speaks universal language. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I was like, how how can I touch everybody, no matter what your race or color is. So what I did is I what I did is I take financial terms, make make um make I I call it interesting slogans. I call them dope, but interesting slogans. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
um, that are catchy, that will that, that will that's catchy that will get your attention. And once I got your attention, I'm able to educate you through finance, through through the terms. So, so basically, so um, each hang tag. So say you buy a product from the Cash Main brand, each hang tag on the other side of the hang tag will have a financial term. Mm-hmm. So I take financial terms like uh, 401k. Mm-hmm. It gives you a definition of what a 401k is. Mm-hmm. It gives you a definition of what a Roth is, a Roth IRA, mm-hmm. a mutual fund. Now, if people want to uh, know more, what if someone wants to know all of it? 401k, Roth, all types of retirement plans. Is there a location they can go to from Cashmate Brand where they can just download all of the terms or get more information or speak to someone yes. in financial literacy? Right, so I'm not an actual financial. I'm not. I don't. I don't have my series six or sixty three, mm-hmm. so I can't literally tell you what the you know what to get or what not. Right. My, I'm I'm kind of like the middleman. So right. Basically, I'm going to point you into the direction to a financial advisor who's going to give you all the information that you need. Say, if you want to get a four one k or mutual mm-hmm. fund or Roth IRA and all these uh, all these financial uh, products mm-hmm. that help you create financial wealth so this is amazing to me how the universe or i'm gonna say god because i believe in god works so you played football that didn't work out well you retired then you came to your lowest point to learn that you were really good with kids to start your new career of coaching now owning your own business that is that is amazing how do you feel about it when you look at it from that perspective your journey um, looking back at it, I feel like, uh, you know, it, it was a, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of amazed at it, to mm-hmm. be honest with you, because I never thought in a million years I'd be where I am now. Um, um, cause I'm just, I just, I'm very, very private, mm-hmm. you know? So, but now I'm to the point now where I'm getting people, um, knowledge, mm-hmm. um, and I'm open to sit down with you and talk about, you know, financial education or mm-hmm. talk about a brand or talk about my vision mm-hmm. and talking about, you know, things like that. Cause I've never been that way. I've always been to myself. I keep my circle close and stuff like that. So now I feel that I feel like this is my, this is my passion. Mm-hmm. I think this is something that needs to be done. I think this is a huge problem in our country. Yeah. Have, I feel like. <clears throat> have you ahead. thought about presenting this idea of teaching this to maybe NFL players that are ending their career? Because I think it's a great bridge between the NFL and whatever next phase NFL players have when they're done. Because I'm sure the NFL has the you know enough resources while you're in it. But have you thought about reaching out to football players who went – or whoever player, whatever pro- professional player – to kind of offer your services while they bridge the gap between where they're going and kind of where they've been. Yes. I actually working with a program I'm work. I'm trying to come up with a program through my foundation. Um, trying to set that up to where I want to hold literally, uh, a whole seminars, you know, um, about financial literacy and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And, uh, hopefully, you know, Two or three years from now, I can hold financial summits, mm-hmm. have ex-ball uh, players. It don't have to be an NFL player. It can be a major league player. You know, It can be an NBA player. It can be a soccer player, volleyball player. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
that's, that's that's my goal. I'm trying to create a. I'm, I ain't gonna try. It's already pretty much in motion. Where um, I'm, I'm going to create a program where we can educate, you know, educate parents uh, from the inner city, um, uh, uh, NFL players. Because you think about it, little little do people know is for, uh, in in the financial industry. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's the the financial industry only they only kind of really work with you know uh people who make quarter of a million dollars and up right you, it's rare that you make you, it's rare that a financial advisor you'll have a financial advisor uh if you're making sixty thousand dollars a year right i want to i want to bridge that gap right. i want to i want to be able to i can i have a team of financial advisors who will sit down with you uh with a family uh and sit down and and, and 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 literally create a business plan where you where you can invest the stock market with a, a with a salary of between thirty to a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. It can happen. Right. There's there's tools out there where you can literally invest ten dollars or five dollars a month into the stock market. Right. Wow, that is amazing. So we're gonna take a a quick break, and then I want to kind of talk about how is it being separated from your son and kind of what that looks like for you. And then I want you to give those out there who experience what you experience some tips on whatever you think is appropriate. Is there a way to do it different or how to do their money while they're playing? Or like you said, making connections while they're playing. So their gap, they don't have so much to bridge when they stop. So we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Even though we both know we're liars and we start each other's fires, we just know that we'll be all right. Even though we kicked out the party because we both hate everybody, we're the ones they want to be like. So don't let me. For comfort, I had to cut my bitch off. She being stubborn. I make it known I fuck with you, not undercover. And when I jump in, I'm burning rubber. Iced out body, didn't go to college. Price tag popping, then you on the private. Don't say sorry, everyone's watching. When you where I am, everything's time. And I don't wanna be.
Welcome back to Legalish on Dash Talk X. We are having an amazing discussion with retired NFL player Christopher Cash and discussing the NFL and beyond. And this can be any professional sport and beyond. And Chris was brave enough to share with us his story from playing into the NFL and um, transitioning into what he's doing now. So, Chris, you in our last segment, you explained all of the wonderful things you're doing with your business and your coaching. But I do understand your son is here in Los Angeles and you, you're in a different state. How do you balance you trying to build your empire and fatherhood when you're not really there? How, how does that all work out for you? Well, uh, it's, it's, it's really tough. Um, mm-hmm. but what I did is, and I, I, I would say this to every young father, because I was 27 when I first had my son, is I was around him. I, I kind of had a, I didn't know, but I knew it, it was um, that I knew, I didn't know I was going to coach, but I kind of knew I was going to coach, which is, I, I can't explain it. Mm-hmm. That's hindsight. But um, I spent a lot of time with my oldest son um, while, while he was young. When I was around him, I spent a lot of time with him. Mm-hmm. He was with me all the time and stuff. So um, once I started taking jobs out of state, uh, I know it was tough, but we already had we we already had that relationship when it, when we was younger mm-hmm. and stuff. And um, you know it's been it's been tough. Um, Sometimes you know the word out of sight, out of mind. Sometimes creeping every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know we we have me and my son, uh, Kelly. We have a great relationship. Those when we have a great relationship. And um, I this year was the first year I wasn't able to actually go to all his football games. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of tough on me, and I missed his first uh, his first birthday this year due to uh, spring football uh, this year. So I mean, it was kind of tough. I kind of, I was kind of sad about that, but the the fellas kind of picked me up about that mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, you know, um, hopefully, you know." But I'm doing it for him. Everything right. you know is for you know for them. And um, if, if if I was able to go uh, go to his game and, and go to his go to this party, I would have went. So everything is for them. And um, so, but I, I believe in just building that relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Always just knowing, calling them, checking on them. Because um, at the end of the day, when kids, you know, when they're young, they want to see their parents in the stands. Right. That's big for them. It ain't about money, really. I don't believe, you know, people put the mon- the monetary stuff on it, but they want your time. Right. You know, they want your time. So, Spend spend that time with them, being on the stands, being being in the stands, cheering them on, because they look they actually look in the stands, right? And see if their parents are there. So that's the that's the huge part is the time and being there for them. Mm-hmm. The money is you know it's like, you know money is cool and all, but in the, the day it's the time is is the most important for me. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to balance that? Because right now you're in different states. So is there a time limit that you're going to say, okay, I might have to put some things on the back burner so I can show up? And be there so he sees me when he's looking in the stands. Oh yeah, so you know the times that we have, you know, some off days. Um, I, I, I find ways to get get you know get there. Uh, spring break, spring break. I'm, I'm with. I see him. Um, summer. I try to take him. We try to go do things. All the, you know, do things. Go out the country together. He finally got a passport, so I can take him out the country with me. Um, and. Uh, just just build that relationship with him. You know, he's now he wants he told me he wants to be great in football now. So now we're gonna have a 
the 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 coach and father relationship now where I'm gonna start working him out now. So mm-hmm. I I wanted to. I wanted him to learn the game of football or have fun the game of football. Mm-hmm. But once he told me he wants to be great, then I'm going to push him to be great now. So I got to be a father coach now, a father trainer now. <laughs> well, um, that's good. But, <laughs> so, but that's how you do it, though. All, every time, any free time that you have that you able to see yourself, especially when he's away, when you're away from him, you got you got to spend it. I think that's that's imperative. Yeah, I tell people all the time, it's never about the money for the children, right? That's a different discussion about, yes, kids need financial resources to live in this world, but it's never about the money for the kids. It's always about the time. So I want to transition a little bit because I think it's very valuable for you to be as open as you are. So the average playing time in the NFL is what, three to five years, three to seven years, whatever it is. It's not a whole lot of time. Right. Because most people work, what, 40, 30, 40 years. So with that Mm -hmm. being said, a lot of young men and women are going to have to transition into something else. So Mm -hmm. what advice would you give them for either what to do while they're playing to set themselves up for this transition or what to do after? Well, I said I kind of gave a a, a little key Mm -hmm. key Jew earlier about. relationships mm-hmm. relationships relationships is key finding good relationships uh, finding people who 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 likes you who you relate to who you got something in common with um relationships is number one mm-hmm. um uh, number two is uh finding a love outside of whatever your passion was or whatever your career was at that time because mm-hmm. i'm gonna be honest with you a lot of people don't love football. I love football. Like I said earlier in the interview, I would have played football if football didn't have a monetary value. I played football for free. Mm-hmm. It was free. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? So, because I love the game. Right. Some people play the game for what it gives them, mm-hmm. you know, the monetary stuff. So, some people just want to play it and make as much money as they can and leave, which is, I don't have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, to each his own. Mm-hmm. Um, but my thing is finding something outside of football that you like. Mm-hmm. Maybe you might like starting businesses. Maybe you like uh, you might like playing. You might like music. You might enjoy music. You might mm-hmm. you know know how to play the piano. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know take you know maybe take you know maybe do some with p- of music. Mm-hmm. Maybe you like fixing on stuff. Maybe you might you might be good at you know fixing engines. Maybe you start your own mechanic business. Um, you might you might got an eye for fashion. Mm-hmm. Maybe start a clothing business like me. Mm-hmm. Um, you might, uh, uh, so it's a lot of things you can do. It's a lot of things you can do. You like traveling, maybe start a, uh, a traveling agency. You know what I mean? God gave, God gave everybody talents. You got to take your talent and turn it into a brand. Mm-hmm. That's the key right there. Missy mm-hmm. Hustle said it perfectly. You got to, whatever your talent is, your talent, you can turn your talent into a brand. Mm-hmm. That's how you make, that's how you be successful in life. And RIP to, to Nippy, Nip, Nipsey Hussle as we're talking about him. And I think he did a good job about branding his passion and trying to educate his people in his neighborhood and do what he needed to do or what he felt his calling was for his people. And I, I, I definitely admire him and what he did in his community. And I definitely will continue to pray for his family because what people don't realize with grief and death you know, it's going to trend on social media for a month or so. But then once that's over, it doesn't end for them. 
So definitely praying for his family. Question for you. Do you think, because a lot of young men come out of college early now and earlier than earlier, and some people aren't even going now. Do you think that that's an asset to have a college degree? You know what? I, I was saying this on my Instagram, on my on my on, on my brand page the other day, mm-hmm. and I think I just said a few minutes ago. I feel like a lot of people in this, a lot of there's a lot of billionaires and millionaires that didn't even go to didn't even go mm-hmm. to college. Right. So, um, so I believe in I believe in finding a talent that you love, turn it into a business and a brand. Right and learning financial literacy. Mm-hmm. That's the key. Mm-hmm. That, that's you, <clears throat> as we wrap up here, do you have any additional jewels you'd like to share with young men that are going to have to go through what you went through? Any other words of wisdom for them? I would say I, I truly believe in this and stand by this. I call it the four C's of success. Right? Four C's of success. Mm-hmm. And if, I think if you can master these four C's, I think you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. I think you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Number one is you gotta have you gotta be a great communicator. Right, communication is one. You gotta know how to communicate with people. Like I said, relationships key, mm-hmm. huge. Um, if you if you're in a marriage, you gotta know how to communicate with your wife. Mm-hmm. Or if you if you if, or if you're a boss, mm-hmm. you gotta know how to communicate with your employees, mm-hmm. right? Or, or your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Or 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 your peers mm-hmm. or your staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is commitment. How committed are you to whatever you're in? Like if you was in the marriage, you know, you have to alter. One of the creatures would say, "Are you committed to your wife from sickness to health, or rich or poor? Mm-hmm. Are you committed to the process? Are you committed to what your goals are?" Mm-hmm. All right. Number three is consistency. How consistent are you in your life? I think most people that are consistent every single day, nine times out of ten, they're gonna be successful. Just like if I was, if if, if I was trying to lose weight, if I consistently go, uh, uh, if I consistently uh, do my diet and mm-hmm. go and, and lift weights mm-hmm. and do do my cardio every day, nine times out of ten, I'm gonna lose weight. There's no difference. Right. And it's the same. And number four is confidence. How that's huge. How confident are you in yourself and in your ability? Right. If you ain't got no confidence in yourself, nobody else is nobody else gonna have confidence in you. Right. And anybody else gonna have confidence in you. Mm-hmm. You gotta have confidence in yourself in order for you to be successful. Period. Wow. Christopher, what a way to end this amazing interview. I cannot thank you enough for sharing your life with us, sharing your journey with us, and preparing those who are going to go through the same process with us. Thank you so much. Again, this is Legalish on Dash Talk X. And until next time.